Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is basically inspiring people to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. I always tell people on this show and uh, every episode, it's time to stop reading other people's success stories and really start writing your own. People always talk about their purpose or their gift. If you have a gift, leave with your gift. And remember this, don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My guest on Money Making Conversations Masterclass today is Anthony Anthony Fleming III. Anthony is an actor and is known for his role in Fox. Some of these are just some of the roles. Man has a tremendous resume. Fox's television series Prison Break. He's also appeared on Divergent, NBC's Chicago Fire. But currently, he's starring in a show that I watch every Sunday, Power Book Four Force, a ten. A 10-episode drama set in Chicago, one of my favorite cities. It is the third installment to the Power, you know, you, you know, <clears throat> Power University. You know, got MC University, got DC University. Now you got Power University. <laughs> it's the fourth book. Power breaks apart and comes together. There's all different types of family. Everybody's surrounded by Tommy. But he has a character, the JP, that he plays on the show, a gifted jazz musician. I, I let him know I played you know, B-flat saxophone and tenor saxophone, but I know I have no skill beyond that, who owns and <laughs> operates a blues club with his ailing father that has been the target of several attacks by local gang members. As rich as J.P.'s life is, he still cares the pain of never having a mother in his life and having a son he has no relationship with. J.P.'s world is thrown off his axis when he crosses paths with the one and only Tommy. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass, Anthony Fleming III. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How you doing, brother? Oh, pretty good. I try to say everything up, man. Let everybody know who I'm talking to. Anthony, tell us a little bit more about you. Where are you based at right now, Anthony? 
born and raised in Chicago. I currently live in Chicago. Well, I I, I was in Chicago uh, with Steve Harvey. Now I was up there doing his talk show from twenty twelve oh, yeah. to twenty seventeen. So Chicago quickly became one of my favorite cities, man. Now, yeah. now that and I do, I will tell you this, and you can probably agree with me on this. I have clothes that I had to buy because of the winter. <laughs> I can't wear nowhere else. Anthony, mm-hmm. but Chicago. Man, you got to you got to dress in Chicago. And the key is, <laughs> you know how it is. You got to layer up. You know, right? I, yeah. I, I got I got hats. I got I got facial uh, things. Yeah. I, I got everything. But the <laughs> beauty of Chicago. Talk to us a little bit about that, that 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 the culture of Chicago, the black culture of Chicago, the scenes because the food's outstanding, the black mm-hmm. culture's outstanding, and that little summer it gives you is amazing. <laughs> the little summer it gives you really makes you appreciate it, doesn't it? Coming yes, out sir. of these winters. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, Chicago, you know, I'm born and raised here, mm-hmm. so I'm a little biased, but I, I think it's, you know, it's a fantastic city. It's a great place to grow up. I've heard it said that Chicago is a city that can both break your heart and fill your heart at the same time. You yes. know, mm-hmm. there, is a, there is a duality to my city that I think resonates with a lot of people. Yes, sir. I'm sure it's that way in a lot of cities, but Chicago, I really feel it here. And Tommy is definitely feeling it um, mm-hmm. as he comes here mm-hmm. and tries to set up camp. Well, you know, the interesting part about it is that uh, being the fact that I lived in New York for years. I'm originally yeah. from Houston, Texas. I lived in New York for years. So I know that old atmosphere, the whole borough atmosphere, how, in, uh, you know, how you really, you know, the transportation is different. When he came to Chicago, I knew it would be a different feel because, you know, you really do have to drive everywhere. In New York, you really don't. They have transit systems in Chicago, but New York, you really can be a guy who don't need a driver's license in New York. And yeah. when you get to Chicago, what what your relationship was introduced how? I, I'm just letting everybody know. I watch the series on a regular basis, but I'd like for you to just tell the audience your relationship with Tommy so we can build off of that uh, now storytelling. Uh, you talking about JP's relationship? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, JP and Tommy meet at a time when, uh, as you had mentioned, JP is sort of in a desperate situation. His father is sick. Him and his father own this jazz club together. His father is also a musician, mm-hmm. and this jazz club is sort of a dream for both of them. So his father is sick, which, which is putting JP in a financial crisis. So he's right. the, bank, the, the club is in foreclosure. And also, it's getting shot up by local gang members, and he doesn't understand why. So... He is a brother who is losing pieces of himself, his father, his club. He's estranged from his son. Um, He has that residual pain and uh, memory of not growing up with his mother. So he's he's losing pieces of himself, as is Tommy. Tommy is rolling into town, having left everything in New York behind. You know, he leaves town with just such tragic loss (laughs) that he's experienced. Everyone Mm -hmm. who's ever been close to him is gone or has pushed him away, some by his own hand, you know? Right. So he's got his car, that beautiful Mustang he drives, a bag full of cash and a couple of burner phones. And uh, he's coming to Chicago to start over, to reimagine what he can be. But it's a whole new city to learn, a whole new grid. As you know, Chicago is not New York. They're it's- both big cities, but they're both different cities. So he's got to learn a whole new situation here. But also you got to learn that 
you and him are, are walking two separate sides of the streets. When he had Powell, he was running with his boy Ghost, and both were drug dealers. Yeah. You're not remotely in the drug game, drug business, or want to get into the drug business. How do you deal with that characterization of, of, of eventually learning about who he really is, but also the fact that he comes into your character's life and he is your, I guess you can say, half-brother. Tommy is. He is my half-brother, yeah. And that's something that is very real. And being that you're black family. and he's white, technically. You know what I'm saying? From a visual standpoint. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, but still, you know, none of that really matters when it comes to family. Because right. that's real. I mean, there is there is no family that is all just one thing. I think you'll find that mixing, that interracial mixing in a lot of families. You know, I myself am interracial. My father is black. My mother is uh, Filipino. Right. Uh, so... You know, that we are trying to find our shared past. We both have this shared past that we don't remember. So when Tommy comes into town, you know, the grandmother is the connection in the show. He is going to visit his grandmother once he finds out his grandmother is alive. Right. And that's where him and I meet. Right. So it's about finding out who we were uh, (laughs) once upon a time. And it was funny because he, you know, he was like, you know, his character, of course, was shocked and surprised. But, uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, what I think I love about the, the Joseph, who plays the character, the lead character in the series, who came over from power, is that, you know, Tommy is a guy who just shakes it off, his character. You know, he, he you give him information, he just shakes it off. You know, you yeah. shoot somebody, he shakes it off. He finds, he finds out you're his brother, he thinks about it, go, okay. Okay, whatever. Let's 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 let's, let's roll. You my you my you my kid. I'm good with it. And yeah. so let's let's go back to you know. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, all the way to Power Series with the very first episode. And and I remember when I read the reports about Fifty Cent doing a a series on Stars about a drug dealer who owned a nightclub. To me, I couldn't even wrap my head around that as something I would mm. watch. I really did the first, but but they've developed. I'm talking about Courtney Kemp and him have developed a, such a series that's really family driven. It's it's about it family. Is. So tell us about your journey before you became cast on this series with the original series, and what 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 do you, what attracted you to the Power original series, and then what motivates you to continue in, in the successful role that you're playing as JP. Well, you know, to keep it 100% honest, I, I was into the original series while it was out, but I wasn't, you know, die hard. I yes, knew sir. it because I know Joseph personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Joseph is from Chicago and him and I have worked together on stage before. So we've, you know, we've been on stage before and we've remained friends over the years. So uh-huh. my connection to the show was through him. Right. And um, but once I was cast in the show, of course. I marathon the whole first, <laughs> the whole first season. I'm talking about, man, it was like 65 episodes in a very short amount of time. Yes, sir. But you get pulled in that way. The, the characters are so well-written. They're so dynamic. They're mm-hmm. so complex. They're so flawed right. in a lot of ways, you know, and incomplete. And everybody's mm-hmm. searching for something. Power is always shifting, and everybody's always trying to grab that power in, in whatever form that they are that they are chasing it, you know? And mm-hmm. like you say, it's also about family. Tommy comes into town and it's about how his effect is on other families. How's his effect on the CBI brothers? You know, what is Tommy doing to that family? Yes. What is his, what is his presence doing to the Flynn family? You know, the Flynn family, that's hard to say real quick. <laughs> but, you know, the family that's been established here in Chicago in our story, um, 
you know, he's coming in and disrupting things. You know, the daughter and the son both kind of want to do their own thing with Tommy. So those yeah. layers are what makes it interesting. Correct, Anthony? It, it definitely. And then, you know, in the scene, uh, there's a scene where Tommy and JP and JP's father are sitting around talking. And, you know, JP's father is just like, you know, who is this white boy? Right. You know, what are your what are your intentions? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, breezing back into town, you know, what, what are you trying to get out of JP? So yeah, all of that family dynamic is just layered throughout the show. And I think it pulls everybody in because I mean, maybe not to this heightened level for everybody, but it's definitely something that resonates with our power uh, fan base. We'll be right back with more money-making conversations masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to money-making conversations masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Well, the thing about it, I always tell people, because I was looking at the Fast and Furious 9. You know, if you look mm-hmm. through that whole storyline, that's all they talk about is family. You know, every episode family. always ends at some dinner table where they unite. So, you know, the whole concept is family. If you think, they can race cars and blow it up and all that stuff, but it always goes back to family. Same thing with power. Same thing with ghosts. It's about family. And so in this story, they're really introducing a rather unique relationship because— no one would have seen this coming, you know, Tommy going yeah. to Chicago, who has a half-brother who's black, <laughs> whose mom had a relationship with a black man. So Tommy mm-hmm. has to deal with that relationship. But he's also, like I said, introduced to all these other families where he's just like flipping switches. He Plus, mm-hmm. he's carrying that baggage from New York into Chicago. So Definitely. when you when you looking at all this, this world, this, this, I wouldn't say confusion, but I say uh, drama happening around mm-hmm. you. How does your character layer itself into this show? Well, Tommy is in JP, you know, they're trying, they're vetting each other out. Tommy is trying to see, can he trust JP? Right. You know, can, can we, can I pull JP in? And that's another thing. Tommy has to decide once he finds out that he does have family here in Chicago with JP, how do you protect them? Do you pull them closer to you or do you push them away from you? Right. Uh, do I want to bring them into this fold or, you know, no, nah, I'm going to just keep it moving past them. But I think the more that they uncover, the more that they discover about their shared past and JP and Tommy sees JP's intentions. Um, I think we'll see JP definitely playing a bigger role in Tommy's world. I, that has to. And I'm just going to you some backstory on, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Power Book 4 Force. When it premiered, it premiered to the highest numbers in Star's history. And I was one of those people who generated that premiere. And yeah. uh, it comes on every Sunday on, on Stars. I'm on, I'm on the East Coast, so it's on 8 o'clock, so I'm tuning 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock mm-hmm. on the West Coast. And I just find the characters, you know, the episode can anywhere be from 45 to an hour and five minutes long because they may vary each week. But when I when I look at your character, because I want to dive, dive deeper into that because of the fact that we kind of talked about it. You know, you've been a, you've had a painful life. You know, you grew up without a mom. Your father's ailing, and then you have a son. So, and mm-hmm. I think that's really important because we're talking about a black man who, who in the culture that we live in, not to, not to have a son in his life. So, give everybody mm-hmm. the backstory. Why isn't that? Why isn't your son in your life, Anthony? Uh, JP's son is not in his life, and he was until he was about three, maybe mm-hmm. four years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, JP loved becoming a father, and he loves his son very much. That's also you know, feeds into the tragedy of it. This is a brother who wants a relationship right. with his son. You know, um, JP came out to his wife at the time that he was gay. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, when he decided to live his life that way, um, 
his wife at the time took their son away from him. Mm -hmm. And JP has tried to find him after all this time in many years, uh, as far as the backstory is concerned, but he can't find them. So essentially he has no connection to a child of his who was out here in the world. And mm -hmm. that is just a big void, a big hole in JP's life, you know? Um, so that's why when he's uncovering more and more about his past and how his mother, Kate, Tommy and JP's mother, Kate, left JP mm -hmm. to raise to raise Tommy, you know, he is repeating that pattern and that cycle mm -hmm. and is just weighing very heavily on JP. He wants nothing more than to be a father to his son. Um, but when he did come out, which takes a lot of bravery right. to, to, to do that, to be able to say, I'm going to stop living my life as a lie and I'm going to live it honestly. Mm -hmm. But he did that and it cost him dearly. It cost him a relationship with his son, you right. know, and mm -hmm. the tragedy of that is, uh, is something that, you know, was, was really, really great to work with as an actor to really dive into that and to see how it shapes and forms JP's world. Cool. Now I'm talking to uh, Anthony Fleming III. He uh, plays the role JP on this very on the very popular Power Book Four Force. Uh, he plays uh, Tommy's half brother. Um, you know, I have a daughter, and uh, and because when I when I look at your character, you know, I think about I'm kind of mad when I say that. But just just let me finish it because this is a good thing. Because mm -hmm. if if my daughter, you know, if I left me at three for some a reason I couldn't control. And then I saw her again at 16 or 18 or 19. I would be so hurt because it was, I know there were so many things that she, I would have taught her, I would have poured into her that would have made her, I feel, a better person. That I get from your kid. That's, am I reading the same type of hurt that you're delivering on screen in your character? It feels like when you look at that photo, it's a lot of pain in that photo because you know what could have been if you would have been allowed to live a life as a father for this young man? Oh, there's definitely pain. There's, there is so much pain associated with having a child of yours, something that came from your body. Yes, sir. That is out here in the world and you have no connection to it. You don't know if that child is, one, alive, uh, if it is, the child is alive, is it safe? Is my child taken care of? You know, basic needs and, you know, what is the relationship? Um, how is this child seeing the world? What is this child experience? So not to have any connection is, is um, it's heartbreaking. You know, it's, it's his biggest regret and it's his biggest, um, the biggest pain in his life, definitely. Mm -hmm. Where's your character going as far as the evolution of the character in these overall 10 episodes? Because that's all they've shot for this. And it looks like if those ratings are where I think they are, we're all going to be seeing more episodes in the future. That has not been announced yet as we are interviewed on this particular episode. But probably four force, but man, I, I enjoy your character, Anthony. I enjoy the show. You know, uh, it's, it's sometimes it's over the top, but hey, I'm watching television. Mm -hmm. I ride with it. I ride with it because it's fun. Indeed. It's fun. And you know, Rashawn, we actually did get picked up for season two. Congratulations, man. Indeed. Congratulations. Thanks, Let's say it again so, loud, man, because I, yeah. I read an article, you know, uh, I think I read an article that's just it. I mean, last week or something like that, where everybody kept asking him, Joseph, was he picked up? Was he picked up? He said, hadn't heard yet. And normally yeah, the show man. was picked up around this time. Congratulations, man. How'd you feel, brother? Man, 
excited, so happy. You know, <laughs> we got picked up a season two. The news just dropped yesterday, so it's, yeah, it's fresh. Awesome, yeah, so brother. We'll be back for a lot more. We'll be back hey, in man, Chicago. I'm, I'm so know. happy because they can delve into your character, man, because I want to see, you know, because it's, it's a lot. Because, you know, the fact that, you know, that you're going to have to introduce your character to your son. First of all, first you have to find out who you are, and you have to realize that, you know, you're, you're gay and you're dad. Those, those are a lot of dynamics that has to be worked out. So I think mm-hmm. that, man, it's going to be fun watching you, man, in, in the future episodes and also into next season because that character that you're playing, Anthony, resonates with me because of the fact that I am a father. And mm-hmm. it resonates with me because I know that I, I, I don't want to experience your pain but I can mm-hmm. relate to your pain if I was denied an opportunity because I'm one of those passionate people that, you know, I want to be a dad. I want to be a parent. And that's what that role is being played out on your character. Now, did you mm-hmm. do any research or this is something that's natural within you? This is the, the when, when you were given directions by the director or in casting. What, 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 what tips or steps did they give you to play this out? Or you say, hey, man, this is how I'm going to deal with it. Uh, uh, I see this character going in this direction. Tell my audience, how does that play itself out when you're building out a character like this that's so unique? Well, you know, of course, the writers, Courtney Kemp and her amazing writing team mm-hmm. have developed the story in each individual character to be, you know, so, so multifaceted. Yes, sir. And so, so layered. But then as an actor, you know, you're hired to do a job. You're hired to bring your skill set and, you know, some of your interpretations and perspective to the role. So we've been been a blessing. It has been such a blessing to be able to do that with this particular character. You know, I feel this cat in my bones. You know, I'm a parent myself. Yes. And, you know, I know the joy. So you know where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. I know where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, I know where you're coming from. Um, so I, I know that joy and that feeling and the things that you try to teach your children and how you want your children to be out here in the world. And, um, so, you know, I drew on a lot of personal experiences, uh, for this role, for sure. When it comes to being a parent, when it comes to, you know, JP loves his father, it's his hero. You know, my father was my hero Mm -hmm. and someone who I was very close to. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's someone who introduced me to jazz. I would have loved to for me and my dad to open up a jazz club because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he he grew up and he put that love of jazz in me. And, you know, awesome. to this day, it's my favorite music. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. been great to connect on that level as well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm letting everybody know I'm talking to uh, Anthony Fleming III. He plays the incredible character J.P. Gibbs yes, on yes. the uh, newly renewed Power newly Book renewed. Force. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to thank you, man, for coming on the show, man, because of the fact that I just try to tell stories. I try to tell stories with people who I feel like have an interesting story to tell. I know that you are, are you working on any other projects outside of power right now? Or I know COVID lift is dropping. I know you're based out of Chicago. What does the future yeah. look like for Anthony Fleming outside of power? You know, I'm just keep grinding, baby. Yes, sir. Keep hustling. You know, yes, I'm auditioning for stuff. I'm getting told no, mm-hmm. you know, because that's, that's another thing. Storytelling, just so you know, the actors, the grind never stops. You know, you True. get told no way more than you get told yes. So, you know, you got to keep hustling. You got to stay hungry. That's one thing I would always stress and tell people who come into this industry and keep sharpening your skills, keep honing your craft. So I'm I'm steady doing that. 
Uh, I got a couple of things, projects that I'm working on. You know, I also do voiceover work. I can hear uh, so it. I, I can hear it. Yeah, yeah. If I could just steal 25% of your voice, <laughs> Anthony, I'd be a happy camp. Happy yeah. camper here, brother. No, man, I, really, you know, because like I said, uh, my background, just a little bit before we wrap, you know, I started out as a stand-up comedian, left the career as IBM where I was uh, at a math degree. So I was out yeah. there grinding. So I know exactly, you know, is you have to, put the work in. You have to mm-hmm. have faith in yourself. You, you know, you have to believe that you have to create relationships. That's important as well. Cause uh, you, you're just not going to make it in this business by yourself. You got to be yeah. able to have people you can count on. And like you, you said, you have the relationship with Joseph even before you really became a fan of the series Power. And I'm sure yeah. that helped you out as well. But again, man, again, congratulations on the series being renewed, Anthony. And thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations Masterclass. You're fantastic, brother. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. If you want to hear any interviews or see any interviews on Money Making Conversation Masterclass, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversation Masterclass with your daily minute of inspiration. During a conversation with producer and founder of the American Black Film Festival, Jeff Friday, he shared how important it is for those who make it in Hollywood to open doors for others. So metaphorically, Hollywood's the, the club. And when we get in the club, we got to go back to the door and say, yo, I'm not going in if my boy can't come in. And that's what people like like Ava DuVernay have done. And that's what, you know, Ryan's done. When you look at a movie, mm-hmm. it might be 300 people who get a check. Yes, only, 10, only 10 are in front of the camera. What about the other 290 people who you don't know who have families, who have families too? If you're going to be at the forefront of this fight, you got to bring, you got to go <laughs> back to the front door and you got to let your boys, you know, or, or go open the back door and let them in. Whatever door you go to. You can listen to this full interview with Jeff Friday. It's available on MoneyMakingConversations.com. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Uh, my guest, Sonia Fears, let me a little background on it. I said at the very top of the show, financial advisor and global sports and entertainment director with Morgan Stanley. She began working in the financial services industry in 2000. Then she joined Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, in 2006. So if you have any phone calls that you want to make, this is the time to make those phone calls. She has since transitioned to Morgan Stanley, where she is one of the one of the fewer than 2% of Morgan Stanley's financial advisors to obtain their global sports and entertainment director designation as of January of this year. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Sonia Fears. How are you doing, Sonia? Good evening. Good evening, Rashawn. Thank you for having me. Well, well thank well. you. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think that with gas prices, you know, some areas going over $5, a lot of people uh, want to know what's going on with their money. I guess, uh, do you get, are you getting, are the phone calls that you're getting now different from the phone calls that you got during the pandemic? They are, and and the reason being, um, the reason why they're different. Uh, of course, you know we we had the pandemic, and 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 then we had um, unrest, and you know with uh, with police, and and now we have a war, um, and the tensions in R- Russia and Ukraine um, for a lot of us um, is different, and and so people are nervous. There's a lot of anxiety, and and the calls. 
Um, although similar because there were anxieties there, um, these anxieties are unknown for a lot of people. So they, they are a little different. Yeah, because uh, I reason you can say that because you look at television. It's all, let me just answer myself, the question to myself. For instance, when, <laughs> when the civil arrest was here, when the George Floyd situation, the pandemic was here, when I walked out my front door, I had to deal with either wearing a mask or not going out in the front door. I had to deal with right. worrying about the police, the police when they, when they stopped me, because I was stopped several times. One was because my tag was expired. I was nervous. Whereas the war, I can just turn the TV off. I can ignore it in a sense, even though it's going mm-hmm. on. But that ignoring still doesn't mean it's not impacting me because my gas, I went to fill up uh, yesterday. And I, I looked down, it was like $5.13 because I used premium gas in my car. And I was like stunned. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is ridiculous. Because on TV, they only give you the lowest price gas, the regular premium, the regular gas. And so, but there's gas out there in some places, five and $6 a gallon. But in time, that also tells people who, because you deal with people on retirement accounts, you deal with people who uh, don't know if they can take their money in or redirect their money. And we're always talking about closing the black wealth gap. So you have a lot of questions that come in you. The first question I'm going I'm, I'm to ask you, what is the wealth gap, the black wealth gap? Is there any possibility that being closed in my generation? And if so, how can that be achieved? AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. That's an excellent question. Um, It's something that you you hear a lot more younger um, people talk about, which which is very, very encouraging to me. Um, And and really, by having the door open once, one um, often is the greatest component to increase the black dollar and wealth in the black community. Um, education um, is, is, is another way. Um, what, we, what we need is more people who look like us to understand the different components of building wealth. And, and that's where we start, um, to really understand how you build wealth, because when you understand, we can work towards closing the gap. Um, you know, having the opportunities really to talk to youth in an engaging way, um, and to not only focus on finance, um, but promote financial literacy um, so that we can shed light on the mindset and the discipline needed to become wealthy. Because it's discipline, just, just like the, the same kind of discipline that it takes. And I know you're an early riser um, <laughs> to wake up early, <laughs> to wake up early. And, and for those who can do that and have the discipline to regardless of, of what's going on to get their rest so that they can start early and they can have a full day, the discipline to exercise every day. It's, it's the discipline to really um, understand and, and have a mindset to, to, to be intentional about understanding what your money can do for you and understanding what you need to do to allow your money to work for you. You know, and, and when I uh, thank you for that information you just told us. Um, mm-hmm. When you were talking in your opening credits, we, I talked about when you was at Merrill Lynch, um, you, you, you created the first African-American mother-daughter wealth management team with your daughter. So I'm assuming that the conversations and the approaches were different as the people you were dealing, I want to say in your age group, or the group that came to you for financial advice and the group that came to her for financial advice. What, what was the, uh, was there any common denominators or they were just extreme people looking for extreme diff- different approaches to their financial strategies? So the, the, the common denominator, and, and that's what you see now. And, and that's why I'm encouraged about the wealth gap um, closing is the, the fact that people um, that are my age or people that are looking towards retirement or putting together an estate plan or people that um, are my daughter's age, um, they all want and, and need guidance. You know, that's, that's the common denominator. People that don't do this every day, um, and is not investing people's money and not putting together financial plans um, for people so that they have th- that guide to help them through life and, and not have to worry about it. They really don't know. Um, and, you know, so we, we have physicians and we have um, athletes and we have 
um, business owners. And, and they, they are very good at what they do, but they don't do this every day. And if they don't do this every day, they don't really have that roadmap um, at their fingertips to help um, guide them through knowing what their numbers are and knowing that based on the seven life priorities, what the numbers um, look like that will make that retirement plan successful. And, and so that's a common denominator that um, young or middle age or older need the knowledge and need the guidance to be able to fulfill their goals and have a, an effective plan towards building wealth. Sonia, why aren't more minorities involved in this, in stock activity? I, and I thought about it, of course, while you were on the break. Um, and why are people sitting on the sidelines, as you asked? And I, I think it's important um, for a lot of people to identify why they're nervous. Um, so we know there's a lot of anxiety now because of the tension with Russia and Ukraine. But from, from there, you know, people... Uh, Identifying why they're nervous, they, they need to look at the intended use of their assets um, and, and what they plan to invest in. And, and if you're clear on your goals and you're confident on your timeline and you understand that, that there are highs and lows in investing, um, you really should be fine. Uh, a lot of people are nervous because they don't know and they're not being prepared. And, and so Working with a financial professional so you understand that the market has ebbs and flows and, and that over the past 100 years, and you can physically look at the charts and, and look at all of the um, many crises that's occurred over the past 80 to 100 years and understand that even though those crises occurred, right. the market still went up. And, and so really understanding, I think that will take away some of that nervousness and really being prepared, I, I think, will help people. Now, in terms of why minorities are not in the stock market, um, I, I really don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. I, I really see a lot more minorities getting into investing. Um, but working with the financial professional, not as many. You hear about a lot of younger folks now, they're getting involved with cryptocurrency or they want to start investing or, you know, they have a Disney stock um, and, and things like that. So I, I think it's changing. It's just that we need to get more um, involved and, and, and get to our goal where we have a predominant amount of us um, involved in investing. Let me ask you this question. So. Because you say the word cryptocurrency, I've had uh, experts on this, on my show talking about cryptocurrency, talking about Bitcoin, talking about stocks. Does cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, does that fall in your wheelhouse? So um, many brokerage firms, including Morgan Stanley, um, really shy away from uh, offering cryptocurrencies um, to our clients. The, um, we were actually the first brokerage um, firm on Wall Street to offer Bitcoin on our platform. But you have to be an accredited investor to be able to buy it. So um, for, for us, you have to have a million dollars with us, and the minimum you can put in it is 50000 And again, we, we set the, the criteria very high because the potential for loss is tremendous. 
so is the potential for gain. But that that volatility, a lot of people that have, um, you know, their retirement funds, we discourage them from putting that into it. You have to have significant disposable assets before we would encourage that. Well, okay, so that means that that let me just slow it down because you know that million dollars you probably got a lot of people hung up on my show right there. I, I can't even listen to this guy. I don't have a million dollars, <laughs> you know, because of the fact that you know we're talking about you know investing, and so they say I, I, a small amount of money. I want to invest a small amount of money. Is it worth it? And let me ask that question because you know as a child you know to just put twenty dollars in the bank, put a hundred dollars in the bank. What is a starting point? for investing or savings and creating a relationship with a person like you? Or should we just go to an app like a Robin Hood type app type to get started? Can they come to you with a small amount of money to invest and start their, their, their road, their, their journey to financial success? And so I, I, I want to say that, Yes, you can start with a small amount of money um, to invest. The the criteria, and and I I give this to um, clients across the board, um, children of my clients, um, we have to start with savings, right? Right. And for a young adult that's starting out um, and they're looking to buy their um, their first car and potentially – save to get their first home. Do you have an emergency fund? You know, I always start there. Right. And the, the criteria to establish an emergency fund, if you're single, it's six months times your monthly expenses, your electric, your rent, your gas, your whatever your monthly expenses are, six times that amount, right. that should be your emergency fund. Okay. If you're married or you're a couple, it's three times your monthly expenses. So once you've established your emergency fund, then the monies that you have left over, that's what you use to invest. And you start where you are. And if it's $100 a month, that's where you start. And if it's 1000 or 5000 that's where you start. But I definitely encourage at any level, you should start. Okay, cool. I, I think they back on. I think they rejoined me. The hundred dollars, they rejoined me. So good. We, I can see the, the phones are lighting up now. <laughs> but you know, you know the, the fun, the fun part about it, you got all these, the, the, you know, got these people on TV screaming about stock. They got the, the, these different shows talking about the stock market going up, going down, and you know what is what is a you hear the term hot stock. What is what is that? Is that a term that's being used on television only, or that term is used within your in your framework of doing business? The word "hot stock." You know, I I, I get that all the time. Um, you know, I I I go out and people um, hear and understand what I do, and they're asking, you know, <laughs> uh, for a tip <laughs> or to, you know, what are the hot stocks that I should invest in? And and I mean, it's it's not a bad question, right? right? Uh, um, but, you know, I have to tell them that our team primarily focuses on longer term investing. Right. So we don't necessarily recommend a stock um, or two for short term purchase, nor will we recommend just one or two for a portfolio. 
you know, it, it's all about asset allocation. And it, it, if you are starting, if you're starting out and you cannot diversify across different sectors, you know, so there are 11 different sectors, you may not benefit um, from one or two stocks because if those one or two stocks go down, then you, you've lost all your money, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know, so we recommend instead of picking that one or two that you look at an S&P index and, and you put your money in that index fund. And so an index fund like that tracks the S&P 500, all of the, the major um, companies um, in the U.S. in the S&P 500. So that would be the recommendation. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. You know, I've been involved personally investing ever since my early 30s. And, And as I've gotten older, you know, different people I've talked to have advised me, okay, do you want to be aggressive? Do you want to be a moderate? Or do you want to be conservative? And that's, are those the sectors you're talking about? Are those the way, uh, how you want to spend your money based on your age? So um, that's risk tolerance. Oh, okay. Moderate, aggressive, and, and people have to understand their risk tolerance. Okay. You know, so if you're the kind that you can go to Vegas and, um, get on the um, the uh, what is that wheel called? <laughs> you, you you're 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 putting all your chips on black. Oh right 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 right. All uh, on uh, red. Uh, uh, roulette wheel. The, the roulette. There mm-hmm. you go. There mm-hmm. you go. Then then you're aggressive. You're willing to take chances, and you know you just want to go with it. And so someone like that would invest in 100% equities. 100% stocks. Mm-hmm. If you are more conservative, right, mm-hmm. and you're only on that penny slot machine or that quarter <laughs> slot machine. <laughs> you're really conservative. You're on the penny slot machine, I'm telling you. Right. You know, so then we, we want to put more fixed income in your portfolio, right? And, and then we want to put less um, stocks or equities in your portfolio. And, but the sectors that we're talking about are the, the different sectors that covers the market. You know, so we have construction and materials. Mm-hmm. We have um, industrials. We have health care. We have um, REIT is a sector now. Wow. And and so that's what I'm talking about, sector. technology. Okay, cool. Well, uh, Sonia, we have a, a call in from Dave in Buckhead. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Dave, we have Sonia Fears on the call. She's from Morgan Stanley. Uh, she's one of the financial advisors on the show. You have a question for her? Yeah, thanks for putting me through. Um, you know, when I turned my radio down, I, I caught the piece of information that Sonia was passing on about penny investors. And I was like, yeah, you know, I got all excited. <laughs> um, but, you know, my, my question was re- really geared towards, say, a person who's middle age or, uh, you know, that has some investments in, in, in the stock market, you know, with particular a particular stock. But then more so, I thought about, you know, the, um, the beginning of the conversation where, you both were talking about how that information is funneled down. And I, I hate to use that word loosely, but it's true. In my case, funneled down about financial knowledge, training, understanding how money works. Um, you know, those resources, unfortunately, weren't really available to me. 
you know? And um, so, so, so having said all that, um, you know, in terms of why uh, black people uh, are, are, I guess, low-end users of these services, I think are because, in my case, like, I would probably want to see an investment come uh, quicker than what I'm, I think what I'm hearing is more long-term. Would you say that that's true? Like, stocks, they're more long-term investments when you're dealing with somebody like Sonia Fears, right? What, you, what you're teaching out. And it's not just, and thank you for that. Um, and thank you, um, you know, for even pointing out that you're, you're in the market um, and, and, and that the, the information gets funneled down. You know, so for, and I want to start there. You know, so for a lot of us or a lot of people that say, I don't know anything about investing, I don't know anything about the stock market, and, and I have yeah. to use myself for, as an example. My husband gets on me all the time. He said, well, if you don't understand, why don't you just Google it up and, 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 and look it up? The information is out there now, right? And so right. all of us, we can Google it, we can look it up online, and so it's, it's much more available. And so that's the thing. I want to encourage people. You, you start Googling, you start looking up information, you start searching for financial seminars, because there's a lot of free education out there on investing and on the market. And so that's what people need to start looking for the information and trying to get the knowledge. That's where it starts. Uh, Dave said something that uh, I wouldn't say struck a nerve with me, but it did, you know, about giving somebody your money and then trying to get it back with a showing, showing rapid, um, a, a rapid uh, increase in their money. Because that's, that's always the sentiment that you feel when you watch the stock market, that people just put in money and they get money back and they're happy and they celebrate. That's the false sense of how stock the stock market actually works, correct? It really is. Um, what um, and and I'm so glad um, you you brought that back up because that's that's a very important point that that Dave brought up and question that he asked. So in terms of returning on your investment, again, um, once you're educated and and you're comfortable and you have your savings and you're willing to get into the market, you have to understand that um, you can't time the market, right? So if you invested, say, October or even November of last year, we all heard that the markets were at all-time highs, right? right? And people are thinking, oh, a lot of people are making money in the market. This is the time to get in, right? So you get in then. The market are at all-time highs. And so when it's at all-time highs, there's only one place for it to go. And it's going to go down, mm. right? And so it, we, we, we were saying at the end of last year, we are overdue for a correction in the market. We're overdue for a 10, at least 10 to 15% correction in the market. We knew that. And so when you try to time the market, you put your money in and you think that by, yeah, by March or, you know, February of next year, I'm going to be rich because the market is at all-time highs, and you look at the market now, the Dow was down 800 points yesterday. Mm. And if people are looking at their 401ks or their retirements, it's down significant. 
so it, it this is the time, and this is where you know it's. So you always, um, and, and this is something that we learn. You go. It's, it's a contrarian theory. They said you always go uh, against public sentiments because when the market is like this and it's down so significantly and there's all this volatility, people are scared and they don't want to get in because they say, "Oh, I'm going to lose all my money." This is the time to get in. It is not the time to get in when it's at all-time highs because it's already gone up. Wow. So, uh, so, so, so that's the thing. And, and it can't happen overnight. You have to be willing to leave it in there and wait till next year. This cool. time. Cynthia, I want to get a call in right quick. I know we're at the end of the show, but Cynthia, she called in. Cynthia from Atlanta. How you doing, Cynthia? You have a question for Sonia Fears? Yes, I do. I wanted to uh, find out. So I'm a middle-aged person um, heading close to 60. Uh, my children are grown and gone now. And I'm wondering, is it too late to start? If not, where do I start? It is definitely definitely not too late. Um, and if, if you're saying you're close to 60, um, one, do you have a financial plan? And, and two, I mean, you're close to 60 and we anticipate that you're going to live till 90, 95. That's 30 years of investing and being in the market. And if we okay. put monies in the market now, regardless of how much it is, I could show you and model out for you what that would do for you in 30 years. It's never too late. And, and so where you. you start. Cynthia, I, I don't and, think and, Cynthia and, was ready for that. I think Cynthia was like, Cynthia's like, really? <laughs> Cynthia didn't know she was going to live to 95. See, she, see, you shocked her right there. Cynthia said, 95? She knows something I don't know. Ninety-five. I gotta start. I gotta start investing. I gotta get my with my 401k. This kid's right. You know she's ready. Cynthia's ready. She was she was ready to retire. She was ready to go something, but she wasn't ready to hear she gonna live to ninety-five. I'm just let you know right right now, son. That shocked her. She got real quiet. She said ninety-five. Man, I'm invested in the stock market at ninety-five. <laughs> but that, but that's what I try to tell on this show because people, they, they set age limit and age restrictions on what they can do and what they're supposed to do because at 60, you're not retiring. You're just living. You continue to right. keep dreaming, keep investing in vacations, keep investing in yourself, more importantly, because what happens is when you stop dreaming, when you stop investing in yourself, then guess what? It affects you physically, mentally. You have no motivation. So when you get to 95, you look 95, you walk 95, you have 95-year-old money, which usually if you didn't invest, you have nothing. And so that means it's, she's telling anybody who's listening, do not think there's an age limit. If you're 70, you can still invest. If you're 80, you can still invest, but it's the different approach to the investment, the different approach That's to what it. you're trying to get out of it. What is your financial plan? What is your angle? So, Cynthia, she's telling you, yes, you can continue. <laughs> Thank you and so, so Cynthia, I'd give like me a call so we can talk about what you can do. Yes, yeah, sounds great. There you go, Cynthia. See, Cynthia, Cynthia we, we revived Cynthia. She, she probably going to go shopping now. She said, 95. I got to buy some new clothes. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I know we have like a couple of minutes left. Uh, I want to squeeze in one question. Dividends, stocks that have dividends tied to it. Is that advantageous? 
Absolutely. Um, you find these days that you get more income from dividends than you do from bonds, from the yield in bonds. So traditionally, a lot of people invested in, in bonds or fixed income because they would get income. That's why it's called fixed income. They would get a set amount of income from bonds. And, and, and the world's changed. Where you get income these days is from stocks dividend-paying stocks, and you can earn more income annually from dividend-paying stocks these days from than fixed income and bonds. Well, I'm going to tell you, Sonia, you are, are amazing. I hope you have find time to come back on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I, I know for a fact you changed Cynthia's life, okay? She, she's going to live in 85. <laughs> and Dave, now he's going to get off the penny slot machine and realize that the money's not going to come back tomorrow. It's going to come back over maybe over a six-month period. But more importantly, right. you told everybody, when the stock is on fire, wait. Wait. Because yes. it's going to calm yes. down. And when it calms down, slide yes. down. When catch it on the slide down. Don't catch it on the go up. Because the go up is when you want your money to how been, been, been put in at the slide down. And so, again, I want to thank you for taking the time of coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. And, again, you were fantastic. And uh, next time, bring your daughter. Bring your daughter on. Come in studio. I will. I will. Okay. Absolutely. It was my absolute pleasure, Rashawn. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Always remember to lead with your gifts. Money Making Conversations Masterclass is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversations Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. I sat down with CEO and founder of Curls, television star, business mentor, and author Mahisha Dillinger. She shared the wisdom of keeping your job as you build your business. Yeah, that is correct. I had to. I, I always, always, always mentor. And suggest, when I mentor, I suggest that you keep your day job until your side hustle becomes your main hustle. And you can no longer do both. Right. So because you have to keep money in, you know, people want to just quit their jobs and, and go in all feet forward. I feel like that's that's great, but it's not practical in some situations. So right. I, I always suggest doing both until you can't do both anymore. And you have a long history of success in the business that shows you can actually maintain and live off of that. You can listen to this full interview with Mahisha Dillinger. It's available on moneymakingconversations.com.